Hi, my name is Ben DeVries, and welcome to the very first episode of A Corner of the River podcast. This is my 10th or 15th, something along those lines, attempt to record the intro to this first podcast. And like the perfectionist, I can revert back to at times of stress or new situations. Um, I'm hoping to finally get one of these to stick and be happy with it. Anyway, thank you for joining me for a few minutes uh, this first time around for your patience with me. I've been wanting to do a podcast or something along these lines for a little while now, and I hope in the near future to be able to have an episode that shares a little bit more about those uh, reasons, uh, what I think of when I think of the name A Corner of the River. Uh, names have always been important to me when starting a project, uh, just something to kind of rally my thoughts around, things that have been on my heart and mind, and again, hope to have the chance to get into that more. Some of the topics, ideas um, that I think of when I think of that name, and uh, hope in the future to be able to talk about some of those things with, with friends as well, so that you don't just have it have to listen to my voice coming at you. Hopefully I'll have a chance to share a little bit more about myself as I go along as well. Uh, there will probably be a little blurb on the website or podcast page at some point, and hopefully I'll have a chance to share here and there in the course of normal conversations, uh, future episodes. I'm not by any stretch the most public of personalities at the moment. I've had a, uh, on a small scale, a more public facing, as they say, project or two in the past. Uh, but this is my first venture back into that uh, in some time. And taking that plunge has been a little bit of a challenge, again, between the uh, perfectionism in me and uh, I suppose the normal fear that comes with launching into something that you haven't quite been able to be consistent or successful at in the past. And like everybody else, I have work responsibilities and family responsibilities and uh, get tired at the end of a workday, work week without a lot of uh, mental or other energy left over. So getting to this point has been a challenge. Um, but with what's going on in the world, uh, it's really sort of prompted me to go ahead and record for the first time. This won't be a long episode, but I wanted to share just a little bit of what's been on my heart with respect to what's been going on in Ukraine. Like the rest of the world, I've been watching in horror as that situation has been unfolding. It was about three and a half weeks ago, uh, Wednesday, February 23rd, I believe, in the evening, uh, American time, when the Russians chose to invade another sovereign country in Ukraine. I have been watching, following the buildup of their army and military equipment along three of the four borders, so to speak, of Ukraine kept hoping, praying that they would 
not invade, something would dissuade them. And I uh, was just sort of horrified in my own way when they did. I actually got in the car, uh, drove about five, ten minutes away, and just started screaming out anger and angry prayers to God for him to intervene and stop the what seemed to be at the time just the inevitable slaughter of many Ukrainians. And there has been a lot of that horror, uh, which has resulted, which naturally comes with any war. Um, and it did at the time and since has just boggled my mind that one despotic, demonic excuse for a human being in, in Putin could have taken it upon himself to invade another sovereign country and cause this much damage and terror to literally millions of lives. Not just lives that have been lost, but homes that have been lost and the trauma that's come out of all this and the millions of refugees that have been internally displaced within Ukraine and uh, have left Ukraine. And I hope to be able to get into a little bit more of that, perhaps in, in another episode at some point. And I also hope to maybe explore uh, a little more intentionally um, how we pray in situations like this. Uh, I by no means am anything close to an expert on that I just know the rage that has surfaced even in my prayer life. And uh, I'm grateful for a God who is able and willing to take those prayers and to channel them and uh, gives me grace when things don't come out the right way. Um, and hopefully even takes some of the anger and uses it for good. Um, the Psalms have been incredibly helpful for me and I'll uh, be referring to one here in a minute. Um, but like I said, in, in my own small way, something in me broke that night. And I've been tracking this invasion ever since, very closely, sometimes obsessively. Finding the right balance in that has been a challenge, uh, remains a challenge. I feel like I'm doing a little better but it's still easy to sort of doom scroll, as they say, through Twitter, or um, which is my primary news source at this point, uh, following a number of public figures and military figures and Ukrainian channels. Um, just try to try to get a diversity of perspectives um, on what's been happening. And I have moments where I am incredibly grateful for what the Ukrainians have been able to accomplish in defending their country and the vic small victories that they've had here and there. And I know God has had a remarkable hand in all of that. Uh, I think many of us, many of the, the experts expected um, Putin to sort of roll over Ukraine and take Kyiv and other key parts of Ukraine within a matter of days, and that has not happened. 
uh, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, again, watching from afar, not claiming to have the right to speak to the you know deep emotion of this uh, from the internal Ukrainian perspective. And then there's other times where I'm just absolutely horrified by the damage that has been done and the lives that have been shattered and taken. I was watching President Zelensky's uh, video address, or I'm, I'm sorry, um, uh, he was speaking via a teleconference, I believe, to the U.S. Congress, and then he shared a video within that presentation which you can find online and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to link to it in uh, this episode's notes online. So please watch for that. He shared a video uh, that shared images and footage, footage of Ukraine um, before the invasion and, and then since. And it got a little graphic in places, not as much as it could have, but enough to just show you the individual examples of just the sheer horror of war. And um, I was sitting outside and, and just broke down. Uh, my wife and boys were gone that evening. And um, so I, I still have those moments uh, just last night. I was scrolling through Twitter and came across uh, an informational profile and out of the blue they shared a, a video of medics trying to salvage the life of a boy perhaps a year or so older than my, my own younger son, uh, virtually a toddler. He had a little t-shirt on and diapers and they literally pulled him out of the rubble in this video. The rubble being, of course, the result of Russian shelling. Uh, and they were trying to get life back into him by pumping his heart and other mechanisms. And maybe you feel the same way. I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, and that's just one case, uh, we've heard of others. I'm sure you have as well. Individual lives being taken, taken children or other civilians, even the soldiers defending their own land. And each one is an absolute tragedy. Each one is beyond description and that's a, that sort of theoretical discussion uh, idea uh, weighs weighs on me as well I don't, I don't think i'm saying this very well but i hope to explore it a little more um just how each of us we invest so much in our own lives and individual lives and in, in, in our, the individual lives of friends and family. And we acknowledge that in other people, we think of the normal sort of 
life journey, career path, uh, which is part of that, of any one person, how much time and energy and value is legitimately invested in that for just one person and how quickly and unnecessarily and tragically and on and on and on, it can just be snuffed out. In this case, because again, one demonic, despotic individual and the government who is in lockstep with him decided they could. It's not a theoretical problem. That's not the right way to say it. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge to wrap my mind around that. And uh, perhaps I can try to come back to it at some point. But I, I do have those moments of, of real something bordering on, I don't know if it's despair mixed with livid anger um, at the injustice of it, at the absolute unnecessity of it. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm thankful uh, for God that he can handle that, um, that he'd rather I get that out and continue to relate to him in that way. Just a day or two after the, uh, the launch of the bar barbaric invasion, uh, there's no other word for it. Uh, war of choice, absolute choice, as I've heard it called by, by Putin and the Russians, Russian military into Ukraine. Um, I shared a post on Facebook calling out the blasphemous connection of Putin uh, to his Russian Orthodox faith. And I've since learned a little bit more about um, how he sees that as sort of blessing or sanctioning this invasion and restoring Ukraine, so to speak, to the Russian empire, Russian people. And I also had just happened to be reading um, Psalm 140, been very slowly making my way through the Psalms again the past several months, and was grateful to read this one at the time. And I'd like to share it here. Uh, this is from the NIV with a few interjections, which I think will be clear. Psalm 140, rescue me, Lord, from evildoers, protect me from the violent, who, despite, who devise evil plans in their hearts and stir up war every day. They make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's, the poison of vipers is on their lips. Keep me safe, keep Ukraine safe, Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Protect Ukraine from the violent, who devise ways to trip their feet. The arrogant have hidden a snare for Ukraine. They have spread out the cords of their net and have set traps for Ukraine along their path 
I say to the Lord, You are my God. Hear, Lord, my cry for mercy. Sovereign Lord, my strong deliverer, you shield my head in the day of battle. Do not grant the wicked their desires, Lord. Do not let their plans succeed. Those who surround Ukraine proudly rear their heads. May the mischief of their lips engulf them. May burning coals fall on them. May they be thrown into the fire, into miry pits, never to rise. May slanderers not be established in the land. May disaster hunt down the violent. And I know there's language in there that has to be uh, supplemented, amended in some way uh, by the Christian ethic, the ethic of Jesus, of loving and praying for our enemy. And that's part of that whole discussion of prayer, but... I've heard some people say this is really a time to be looking to and praying, valuing the imprecatory prayers uh, that we find in the Psalms. And uh, there's a lot that I very much agree with there and perhaps can explore that some more at some point. One of my contacts on Facebook um, I've been grateful for her daily post just about uh, just providing some encouragement and prayer for Ukraine. Uh, her name is Angela Hartley, and uh, perhaps I'll have the chance to maybe talk with her uh, on an episode at some point. But she wrote a prayer, I believe, just, just two days after the initial launch of the invasion and uh, just find it to be very beautiful and thought I would share that with you as well. Jesus wept. Jesus weeps today. The man of sorrows knows exactly what every terrified heart feels from Kiev to Kansas, and he is nearer than breath to every one, as though they were the only one. But we need his miracle, and I don't even know how to pray. Yet I believe tears are prayers, and fumbling heart howls, and tsunamis of wordless love. So I add my bumbling words and harrowed heart to the chorus of saints and angels, and all the tender souls in heaven and earth. Merciful one, Prince of Peace, you came to earth to heal every division and give us new hearts. Please bring the peace that only you can give in Ukraine and Russia. Remind every frightened child of every age that they are held and cherished and not alone in this dark hour. Lord, have mercy, more mercy than we have the courage to ask for. And as she often ends her posts with, she wrote, God loves you, and so do I. Thank you, Angela, for that poignant uh, prayer. Um, I think I'll close there for now. Thanks again for bearing with me and for listening to this point. If you have, please do pray for Ukraine, whichever way you can. And I look forward to talking with you further, uh, hopefully in the very near future. Thanks again and God bless.